0: to today's message from refuge point church we would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each sunday at either 9:30 a.m or 11:15 a.m we're located right off of i-85 in downtown west point georgia for more information check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org or you can download our church app by searching for refuge point church in itunes or google play now here's today's message your Bible, grab it,
1: and let's go to John chapter one. I'm not going to lie; I don't know when we're going to get out of John one. I keep telling you we'll be next week, but uh, that's a lie. Okay, so I, I ain't in a hurry anyway. Um, so John chapter one. In fact, we're going to pick it up in verse nineteen. So uh, if you've been with us, you've heard just a little context uh, that verses one through eighteen is really the epilogue, or, or we just—that's a fancy word for introduction. And so, at least we've made it out of the introduction, all right? So there's that. But I, I didn't want to overlook uh, this next section because really, there's going to be something that's being addressed that I think that we all really need to uh, hear this morning. And he's going to be talking about uh, your identity, and he's going to be talking about the identity of uh, one person that was already been kind of semi-introduced, but now he's going to be really uh, fully introduced. His name is John the Baptist. <laughs> Um, or John the Baptizer, and and we get this uh, really cool introduction from John the Disciple in a little bit more detail about what happens uh, with John the Baptizer. So if you're confused, just hang with me (laughs) because it gets less confusing as time goes on. Okay, Uh, So you have two characters. Unfortunately, they have the same name. John the Disciple, the writer, John the Baptizer is who we're talking about. Uh, this morning. And so uh, an interesting thing is that's happening right now in verse 19 through chapter 12 is that it's honestly like we get to sit in uh, the courtroom as journalists and we get to really kind of hear the testimony of a lot of different people uh, and their encounter with Jesus Christ. So you get to kind of just be in the room for the next 12 chapters and listen to these people's account of who Christ is, and and it goes into a lot of detail, and so this is what kind of brings John and separates him from uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and so this is what's going to be happening over the next 12 chapters, is we get to kind of like get really detailed stories uh, about a lot of people who are encountering, and the first guy that we get to hear about is John the Baptizer, so John chapter 1, we're going to pick it up in verse 19 and go through Verse 28. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? And that's a, you should underline that. He didn't deny it, but confessed, I'm not the Messiah. Well, what then? They asked him. Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Well, are you a prophet? No. He answered, Well, who are you then? They asked, we need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. And I love how John puts verse 24 in there. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? So they asked him, well, what then do you, why then do you baptize um, you aren't, if you're not the Messiah or Elijah or a prophet? In verse 26, John replied to him, he says, well, I baptize with water, and, but someone stands among you, but you don't even know him. He is the one coming after me whose sandal straps I'm not even worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing now, I want to ask a question, um, and I need you to kind of really hear this question this morning, and that question is, who are you? And I need to, to kind of do some self-reflecting uh, this morning, if we can. The question is, who are you? Um, in, in fact, if we were to break this down in modern English of how this is reading, how these Pharisees are asking the question, who do you think you are? All right, now that's that's like Hughley language, okay? Who do you think you are? This is the question that's being asked about our first guy here, John the Baptizer, that these guys are literally kind of putting him on trial and asking John, who are you? Now, the reason why they're doing this is because there was such a great expectation for someone to be coming very soon. And so it's, A reason why they start to probe him and ask them these questions. And I like how John the Baptist responds uh, really with a negative. I am not. And he says this three times. I am not. I am not. The first thing that he he identifies by giving us kind of an evaluation of his identity is by him telling you who he is not. And that's very critical for you to understand. If you want to understand who you really are, if you want to understand your identity in life, then you have to first know who you are not. You have to first know who you are not. And here's what John responds to him. They ask him this critical question. Are you the Messiah? Now, this is interesting because they have been long awaiting this Messiah to come. And I like how John the Baptist just emphatically says, heck no, you have got the wrong guy. I am not the Christ. you know how freeing it would be for you this morning for you to say to yourself and say, self, I am not the Christ. In fact, you should probably do that right now. Say, self, self? I am not the Christ. Because a lot of you have this Messiah complex and you think that you can fix every situation. Hello, my name is Matthew. We do this introduction at Celebrate Recovery where we tell about (laughs) our name and then we talk about our issues. Here's what I would say on a night at Celebrate uh, Celebrate Recovery. Hello, my name is Matthew and I think I could save everybody. I have this, this idea that I can fix you, I can help you, I can save your situation. Think about that in terms also... In your marriage, like you think that there's this person, kind of like a unicorn or the (laughs) Loch Ness monster out there, this magic one person that's going to save you and fix you. You have placed a messiah complex. Not only are we guilty of placing that on ourselves, we place that messiah complex on other people. Well, I think this person can save me. I think this person can help me. But let's just be honest and say, I am not the Christ, and you ain't the Christ. You've got to stop putting those expectations on yourself thinking that you were the Christ and that other people, they're also the Christ. I think I've probably offended more people by not being the Christ for them in my pastoral ministry. If you've ever been in ministry, you've ever participated in the pastorate, uh, you may can identify uh, with me. Uh, Number one, I'm not omnipresent. I can't be at all places at all times. Jesus can. And I think I've probably offended some people. And those people that I've offended, they've left the church simply because I am not the Christ. They had this expectation on me that I was supposed to be the Christ. Now, we didn't frame it up. But we didn't say it like that. But I think that's kind of what this Western culture of American Christianity has done to a lot of guys like myself. Well, the preacher can fix it. The preacher can tell me what to do. The preacher, if we just meet with him, if he just, if he just comes and prays for me. Like I've got it's like some kind of magical... Thing that I'm going to wave around you and you're going to be like healed instantly. I don't know, it could happen. But here's what I've come to terms with is that the same power of Jesus Christ that's inside of me is also inside of you. I am not the Christ. And what I probably should have told some of these people now, they probably would have slapped me, is look at them and say, look, I ain't a Christ. But how freeing is that for us? How freeing for all of us Christians to have the idea that you are not the Messiah. You are not the Christ. Neither is your boo. Neither is that boo you looking for. Neither are your kids. You think, well, I'll just have kids. They'll save me from the situation. (laughs) Honey, more like save you into hell. (laughs) I don't know how that works grammatically, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's what having children would do. There's a rumble out here. I'll wait, for y'all to, I'll wait for y'all to let that sink in a little bit, all right? <laughs> he says, <laughs> John the Baptist, like, I, I'm not that guy, all right? I'm not the Christ. And I think it'd be so freeing for us to just wake up every morning and be like, you know what? I'm not the Christ. I can't save the day. Okay. Can't save marriages? Christ can. I can't redeem? Jesus can. I'm not omnipresent. Jesus is. I can't heal, Jesus does. I can't save. Jesus saves. Yes. Now that doesn't like take a responsibility off of me, and I want you to hear that, all right? Like I want to be with you, I want to help you. I want to uh, give you counsel. only if you'll listen, I want to disciple people like, this is what I love to do. But we need to have a clear expectation on everyone, not just myself, and I need to place that, take that expectation off of myself that I'm not the Christ. He emphatically says. I am not that guy. Don't put that expectation on me. And so then they ask him, well, all right, fine. If you're not the Christ, then you must be Elijah. And again, he says, I'm not that guy either. This is interesting because this is a, uh, not only were they anticipating the Messiah, but they were also anticipating Elijah to come because in the last chapter of the Old Testament, um, in the last book of the Old Testament, uh, there's a, a word that says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. So they're expecting Elijah to come as his prophet. And so they probe him with the question, Well, if you're not the anointed, holy Messiah, the Christ, then surely you got to be Elijah. Amen. And he's like... Sorry, not that guy either. Now, props to Elijah, all right? Just, I mean, John the Baptist, because he's not Elijah. Props to John to be here. He could have easily taken this opportunity and gained a lot of momentum with it in his ministry. He could have saw this title and be like, maybe I am Elijah, and could have just supercharged his ministry that was already just exploding right there in the wilderness. John could have taken this applause from, these, from the religious guys who had a lot of power, and he could have just said, you know what? Maybe I do have power. Maybe I, I can have influence. Maybe I can't have a really cool ministry. Maybe I can't have all of these things that they're saying of me. I wonder how many of us would have taken that opportunity to step in like, ah, maybe I am good. I mean, they're saying that I'm a pretty good guy. They're saying I'm an incredible pastor. Nobody said that. But they're saying they're saying a lot of these cool things, like, this is the next big speaker. This is the next greatest guy that you've got to go listen to or the greatest woman that you've got to go meet here. And, and John the B could have easily stepped into that and just started just stroking his ego and patting himself on the back. But he looked at him and he said, nope, not that guy either. Don't place that expectation on me. Now, this is interesting because Jesus would later on say that John the Baptist was really the spiritual form of Elijah. So I want you to notice this because this is also critical for you. Jesus sees more of John the B than John the Baptizer sees in himself. This is some incredible humility. John's just like, dude, I am nothing. All right, in just a second, we'll see him saying that. But Jesus sees something far greater in him that John the Baptist sees in himself. Listen, if you live by the applause of men, you'll die by it. But I would rather have Jesus giving me a greater word about who I am than some man stroking my ego. Oh, pastor, that was a great word. Oh, pastor, you're just so incredible. Like, I don't want it. I keep it. I'd rather have the word of Jesus spoken over me and who he says I am. Amen. Because this is what Jesus does later on. All right, and then they're like, all right, fine. If you're not Elijah, then you've got to be the prophet that was told about in Deuteronomy. All right? that this great prophet was come. But I got, man, this is crazy. John the Baptist, he's like, nope, not him either. John the Baptist really knows who he's not. Now, this is interesting because John the Baptist could have easily said, yeah, I am the voice of God. you know how many self-proclaimed prophets we have out there right now? I'm not just talking about in the church because we got a lot of those kooky people too. I heard from the Lord. And they just utter some weird word out there that never happens. And, and, they, and then they give them the title of prophet. I'm prophet Matthew. I hear the word of God. No, I'm not saying you can't hear the word of God, but I'll be straight with you. If God audibly spoke to me, I'm changing my pants, and you got to pick me up off the ground. I don't know if I want him to audibly speak to me. How terrifying that would be. But he does speak. I'm not saying that. But we got a lot of self-proclaimed prophets, and I'm not even talking about just in the church. But, you know, you, you your friend, you may even be one of those self-proclaimed, well, you know, if you do this, this is going to happen. It's not going to go good. Got a lot of them people who are speaking those negative words in your life. Amen. Wow. John, the Baptist is like, nope. Let's reorient our expectations, okay? And I need you to know who I'm not because that is going to help you understand who you really are. You are not the Christ. You're not one seeking after power. Neither are you one who just has this word for everyone. Not a self-proclaimed prophet either. I love how John the disciple frames this right outside of the introduction here. John, um, he he says, I am not, I am not, I am not. And that's interesting because later on, Jesus is going to say, I am the bread of life. I am the gate. I am the door. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. So we have this framed here of who you are. You are not the Christ. You are not this. There is this act of humility that's coming from John the Baptist. And then later on, Jesus is going to really just kind of tell us who he is. So this is really interesting here. And I think it would be very vital for us, just maybe in your own personal time, maybe in your own life, to lay aside who you're not. Because that's going to be so freeing for you. If you could understand who you're not, that's going to shape your identity and help shape and explain who you really are. You've got to be willing to lay aside who you are not We've got a lot of people who are posing as someone that they're not. A lot of people saying or believing that they're one thing, and in reality, they probably need to lay that aside. Like, Let's just be straight, man. This text has been like earth-shattering for me, right, in a way that's been really good. This is so freeing for me because I place these Unnecessary, and I have over the years of being a pastor, I've placed a lot of unnecessary expectations on myself that no one else has placed. I've wrapped my identity around who I am as a pastor instead of who Christ sees me as. And do you know what that's left me? Man, it's left me in a lot of pain. It pushes me to ride roller coasters that have no business getting on. Numbers roller coasters, attendance roller coasters, uh, trying to please everyone roller coaster. And I have tried to live this identity. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to resign that this morning because yeah. I'm not the Christ. Amen. I've got to resign to you that I'm not the best pastor. I've got to resign to you that I probably can help you out just a little bit. i got to resign these ideas that I have on myself. And I'm not blaming you. You didn't place these expectations on me. Honestly, the people that place those expectations on me normally last about a week or two. I have placed this unrealistic expectation on myself to be someone that I am not. And, And friends, if we can this morning, just... View this through the lens of where you are in your life. Think about what you're trying to be. and Try to resign that because maybe that's not what God wants you to be. In order for you to understand who Christ is and the identity that he has for you, you really need to understand who you're not, how freeing that is for us. So he's being probed here by these crazy jokers, right? I mean, this is uh, John the Baptist here, and it's so weird because they're like, well, who are you? So, him laying out who he's not, he's about to tell them who he is, right? So he says, okay, I'll tell you who I am. I'm a voice. Of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. So if you're not the point, who are you? Well, I'm just, you know, like Isaiah said, like I'm not even the big prophet. I'm just one talking about there's one coming. This is a reference from Isaiah 40, verse 3, where Isaiah the prophet is saying, People are going to come declaring, That God is coming. I love what it says in in how John describes himself. He says, uh, he doesn't say, I am the voice. I'm just a voice. Here's your identity. You ready? You are a voice. Your voice is not any more significant than any other voice. You are a voice. And what are you doing with your voice? Here, declare. Make way for the Lord. Christ is here. Christ is coming. Like, repent. Here's what uh, John the Baptist is just saying. He's like, I'm just pointing to Jesus. All right, It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about him. I'm just a voice talking about Jesus. All right, so here's your identity. You're just... A voice. You're not an insignificant voice, or is your voice more significant than anyone else? You're a voice crying out, "Make way, the way of the Lord." This is what this would translate as: "Like, dude, pave the road, man." Like Eugene Peterson would, and uh, how he uh, writes through this, he would say, "Like, if you got to blow a hole in it to make a tunnel, do it." Whatever you got to do, make way because Christ is coming. He is here now. This is our job. Christian, this is your job. You are a voice. You're not the voice. I am a voice. I'm not the voice. If you get somebody telling you that they are the voice, stay away from them. You're just a voice. But a voice who has been empowered by the spirit of the living God to proclaim the gospel of Christ. That Jesus is coming. Make way in your heart. Receive, believe Christ. This is your purpose in life. This is our purpose in life. John answers it finally by just saying, I'm just a voice. (laughs) Just a voice. And he's like, dude, I'm just a voice, and I'm just using what I got around me. Got this river. Thought it would be cool to start baptizing people. You know, Jesus, you know, the one's coming, and and I'm just trying to make them clean. I'm just trying to, like, do this spiritual right with them just so that they would be clean because, you know, Christ is coming. Like, in fact, in just a second, he's going to say, he's right here right now. I mean, John is just literally using everything that he has to be the voice, to be a voice doesn't go out looking for more tools, doesn't go out looking for a megaphone, doesn't go out looking for perhaps a water slide going into the river. No, he's like, look, this is all I got. And I'm going to use everything that God has given me right now to be a voice. Here's what refuge we need to know. That right now we have everything we need right now to be a voice in the wilderness crying out, make way the Lord. Everything you need, you have right now. You don't need some special gift. You don't need somebody else's gift. You got everything you need right now to be a voice in the wilderness, crying out, here's the Messiah. One of the haunting things about this passage, not just, um, here's John the B, he's like, here's who I'm not, here's who I am. He knows who Christ is. And one of the haunting things about this passage is what he says and how he gets into that. He tells these guys who very, I mean, these guys are theologically on it. They know the Torah. And he gives them this indictment. He looks at them and he says, Someone stands among you, but you don't know who he is. You know one of my fears in life. All right, so I'm going to be 37 this year, this week actually, and I know such a young gun. Um, and I had this like I guess as I as I kind of reflect, as I do every year around this time, I have this fear, and the fear is that I would have such a great head knowledge of who Jesus is, but somewhere along the way, miss his presence. Somewhere along the way, miss Jesus. There's someone here right now in your midst And my fear for some of us is that we just don't know. We can't see and we've been blinded by our own ways. I know far too many people who have grown old. And they did all the religious right things. They said all the right words, but their heart was far from Christ. My fear is that we would grow old together and that would happen. Don't want that to happen to us. Amen, amen. Listen, people, there's someone here right now in our midst. Do you know him? Someone here right now. The Messiah Christ. Do you know him? He he wants to be known. I mean, here he is. He's like the word became flesh and dwelled like. I'm not here to play some cosmic hide-and-seek with you. Like, I'm here to be known. Like, here he is, and these religious guys, John the Baptist, he gives them this this indictment. He's like, you fools. Like, you know the Torah. You know all about it. You You can just kind of, you can recite it word for word, yet you do not know that the one that you're reading about is standing literally right here. Because the very next verse, John the Baptist sees Jesus. And he's like, see? The Lamb of God. And they're like, where? I don't see him. Because they're so stuck in their religion. They're so stuck in their false religion that they miss Christ. Do not get stuck in a false religion. Or you miss God's presence. Jesus is here now. Yeah. Do you know him? That's the question. Because if you don't know him, you'll never understand who you are. If you don't know Christ, then the rest of your life has no meaning.
0: Oh,
1: I know that's right. Here's John the Baptist and he's standing there face to face with what Jesus would call these whitewashed tombs. John the disciple John the writer here is is trying to to point us to is that there are two contrasting people here there's John the Baptist who has laid down who he is he has laid aside who he's told everyone I'm not this in an act of humility here one who is constantly pointing to Jesus and then you have this contrast of these Pharisees, this religious people, who their identity is wrapped around this false religion that does not offer anything. John, the disciple, he's like, I want you to point to this. Like, you you got two options here on the table this morning. You submit with humility. Be like John the Baptist, where your life is constantly centered in pointing to Jesus. This is what John the Baptist does throughout his ministry. He's not wanting the direction or of the attention to be upon himself. He's constantly saying, Jesus, point to Jesus, look to Jesus. And these religious people are like, look at me, look at me, look at me. So which one are you going to be? Because that's going to shape your identity. Jesus is here. Do you know he's here? Do you know him? Father, I thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 930 a.m. or 1115 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.